Good morning. Really glad you're here this morning. We launched a series of messages last week we've called You Fit Here. And our goal in the series is really to encourage you to find a church to plug into. We hope you fit here. Uh, but we've been showing the benefits of getting involved in church life here at Church in the Valley and also specific ways to plug into church, church life. Um, last week I talked about finding the right fit. Uh, it's well worth the effort to push past barriers and connect with the church community. Uh, and we, we saw how a vital connection to a church, which is the body of Christ, as you find in Scripture, uh, it's, it's crucial to thriving as a Christ follower. Uh, this is, it's, you cannot be connected to Christ. He, he said at one point, I am the vine, you are the branches. There's no way you can be connected to the vine if you're not connected to a local church body. So we looked at that last week. If you missed, if you missed it and would like to hear it, you can find it online at our website, churchvalley.com, or subscribe to the weekly podcast. When you decide to follow Christ, God, the picture in Scripture is that God immerses you into His, His body. And you become a part of the church at large, that all Christians of all time are a part of. This is called the universal church. And out of the 109 references to the word church in the New Testament, uh, four of those refer to the universal church. The other Hundred and, let me see if I do my math right. <laughs> the other 105 references in the New Testament when the word church is used, which, which, is, a, which is a word that in Greek, which it was originally written in, it's ekklesia, which means to be called out of the general population. So you're, you're, you're called out and you become a part of another group. Um, all the other references, 105 to 4, refer to the local church body. So what you can grasp from that fact is that God wants you to commit and be connected and contributing to a local church body. Because you really can't be vitally connected to Christ without being connected to his body. Today, I want to talk about the church community as a place to belong. This is how God intends it to be. However, belonging to a group isn't a high value in our world at large today. In the first century, the, the first Christians, they were hanging on for dear life. So they were clinging to one another, trying to get the help they could have to survive in the midst of a tremendous amount of persecution. Today, you have to make a decision to intentionally connect with a local church body. It's, it's somewhat counterintuitive to our nature, some of us more than others, and it's also 
that counterintuitive aspect of connecting to a local church body is enhanced by the stream of our daily experience. We, we live in a time when face-to-face interaction with others is less and less the norm. Uh, in 2012, 39% of the people worked remotely. In other words, didn't go to an office where they related to other people, had face-to-face interaction. In 2017, five years, it was 43%. So more and more were isolated from day-to-day interaction in the way that we have been in the past. Technology and social media has allowed us to reveal only what we want other people to see about us. Here's, here's a video I'd like you to check out uh, called InstaLie. Here, here it is. So there you go. Uh, this this video basically shows how we can manage our reputation and reveal only what we want other 
people to see. We can present ourselves any way we'd like through the magic of social media. With the rise of social media, it can feel like we're more connected. We get the likes. We get on a roll. Hey, I get excited when I get a lot of likes on Facebook. I mean, that's pretty good. And I know Facebook's way out of date. Um, but I'm, I'm an older guy, so... Um, as a culture, though, we're becoming more and more individualistic. Here, here's some interesting tidbits from uh, the book Generation Me by Gene Twenge. Uh, a study in 2015 tracked the word usage in books in America, and it shifted between 1960 and 2008. American books use the words I, me, mine, my, myself 42% more often in 2008 than they did in 1960. And uh, the words we, us, our, ours, ourselves were used 10% less often. So they, they were crowded out by the I words. <laughs> Fascinating. In 2013, the Oxford English Dictionary's word of the year was selfie. And in January 2014, people were competing in the selfie Olympics. Interesting track we're on. Individualism is definitely on the rise, definitely. Uh, keeping to yourself is more and more the norm. We, we tend to live in silos and have less face-to-face interaction. We can chat with friends without leaving the house and without using our voice through text. We don't even have to talk. For an interview, the introvert, this is a beautiful thing. <laughs> I can just stay locked in. We can have neighbors we don't know or maybe have never talked to. We, we can do all our shopping online, which is very convenient, incredibly so, but we don't really get out there and connect with people in the way we have in the past if we use that online shopping. All of this makes it easy to get skeptical when we actually have face-to-face interactions with people. Uh, after all, this person who's being kind and friendly, there may be strings attached to this. I, I don't know. It's kind of foreign. Maybe even the thought of connecting and contributing to a group other than your family is foreign to you. That, that would make sense. You may have never belonged to a real community beyond relatives. The idea of letting people know you or taking the time to know others could seem like a waste if, if we're pulling back into ourselves. Through the Bible, we discover, though, that community is central to the way we were made. It's, it's at the core of, of who we are. It's at the core of who God is. God is three persons in one being. Now, that blows our mind. Now, I'm, I'm not going to have time. Don't, please don't get stuck there. I'm not going to have time to really explain as much as I can about that. There's some mystery to that. But he himself, God himself, is a... Is a uh, in a community who cooperates with one another. He made us to reflect his image. That means that we 
Our cells are made to live in the midst of a community of people. And so working with God and people is a key to the blessing we can find in life. And it's connected to the way God made us to, to live. When, when we find a place to belong, and especially a church community where we can be known and where we can know others, we experience refreshment in a, in a, a new way. Uh, to refresh, the Cambridge Dictionary says, means to give new energy and strength to someone. And we can find refreshment in different ways. God's design for the church is to be a source of refreshment for those who are participating in it. In the church, you experience real friendships that strengthen you for family life, for, for work, for ministry, for serving others. This is the intent. You can be a part of something significant in a way you miss when you keep to yourself. Lives are changed here in the church. Uh, we are changed when we come together and aim to accomplish the work the Lord wants us to do on the earth. This is, this is all woven into the fabric of God's design for church. However, to experience this refreshment, there is no easy button or app that we can download to make it happen. It's just not there. To experience a place to belong, we ourselves have to take the initiative. We have to take steps away from individualism toward the church community. And it's a risk. This, this is a risk. It may be awkward at first to, to do this. But there is a huge return on investment. When you, when you decide to make the investment in connecting in, in a church community. If you've been around here uh, at Church in the Valley, a part of our church community, you've just been getting to know us, I, I want to encourage you to consider taking the plunge, or at least maybe if, if you're in a, in a swimming pool, you know, just at least step into the shallow end. Take whatever next step relates to you where you're at, uh, but consider taking the next step in connecting here. What you find in Scripture, now this is, this is interesting to me. What you find in Scripture is that refreshment flows the opposite direction of our native bent. Our native reflexes may be exaggerated by our cultural context currently toward the pull toward individualism. So our native reflexes are the opposite of what it takes to be refreshed. And on top of that, our cultural situation of this pull toward individualism makes it more difficult to get past our native wiring. We tend to think, I need to find a group that I can click with that will give me a lift when I get around them. So what, what do we do? I mean, this, this makes sense. This makes sense to me natively. This make, might make sense to you. I, I want to find a group that I just really love being with and that will just look out for my interests and needs and, and they'll, they'll focus on me. I look for that group. 
This makes sense because it's an incredibly valuable thing to find a group that'll look out for your interests. That's important. That's good. That makes sense to us. But the way we find those kinds of friends and a group of friends, a community of people, is not the way we typically go about it. It's like swimming against the current of our native reflexes. The focus must shift from me to them. This is how it happens. What you see in the Bible is that refreshment flows back to me when I refresh others. Proverbs 11.25, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Passage says, a generous man will prosper. Uh, The word generous literally means to bless others. It's not typically, it's not uh, exclusively a financial word to be generous here, but it's you, you get plopped into a circumstance, situation, a group of people, and you're looking out for ways that you can bless that group. And then to prosper, it says that kind of person is going to prosper. The word prosper means to become rich, literally fat. So you become rich spiritually in, 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 in you know, the core of your being. You, you're getting, so the path to becoming rich in friendship is to look for specific ways to love and serve those God brings your way. This is what the passage is saying. So if, if I want to re- be refreshed, then I initiate conversations. I go out of my way to listen to someone's story. I take the time. That takes time. Rather than rush, rush, rush. I find a need. If a need crops up I, I, and I can meet that need, I try to meet it. I set out to be generous and give to help someone out. The last half of the verse, verse, verse it's a new word, verse. It's actually Old English. Sorry, that last half of the verse uh, says, says this, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And another translation is closer to the original Hebrew it was written in. And it says, One who waters will himself be watered. This is a promise from God. Whenever there's a statement like this in Scripture... It's a promise from God. And and what he's saying here is, if you water others, I will make sure you are watered yourself. If you make a pattern of refreshing others, he is going to quench your thirst as well. The promise in this verse is toward abundance, not scarcity. Easy to have a scarcity mentality and hold on to things. It's counterintuitive that to experience abundance, I can't hold back. What I tend to do is build a dam and block off my resources from other people and sort of I want to I hoard them and hold on to them because 
if I pour them out, if I open the dam, I let the resources go, energy, time, money, whatever it is, I'm not going to have anything left. That's scarcity mentality. But here the scripture says, when you pour out, you bless others when you do, and God promises to bless you back. This is how it works. Any, any group you're a part of, family life, work group, ministry here in church life, any group, as you become a blessing, you're a breath of fresh air. And you yourself begin to receive the, the breath back. It, it, it's hard sometimes to stay focused on this. In this series, we're encouraging you to forge ahead so you can experience the blessing that comes from being in community. We, we just hope you take the next step. So let's dig in and see how this specifically happens within the church community here at Church in the Valley. If, if I don't make a move toward community, I'm just hanging out, then I, I may drop out prematurely thinking, well, I don't, I don't really fit here. So here are two ways to experience refreshment in the church body. Uh, to make your move, you can take practical steps to, first of all, build friendships. Secondly, to uh, team up to serve. First, I'd like to read a picture of what happened in the first church community when thousands responded to the gospel as Peter shared it. So Jesus lived, he died, he, is, he resurrected, then he ascended to heaven and uh, the first followers of Christ, uh, Peter the disciple became Peter the apostle, the one who sent to share the message. He shared the message with thousands of people in Jerusalem. Thousands out of that group responded and decided to follow Christ. He, here's a picture of what happened and shows how important it is to build friendships. Acts 2 46 through 47, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So more and more people were coming to Christ as the church community lived out the, the life that God has for us. Uh, this passage in Acts shows the first people uh, to come to Christ and the first church that they spent time together inside big, larger meetings and outside of those larger meetings, in the temple and in homes. Now, our Sunday gathering compares to the temple. This is, this is a larger group of people. And if this is new to you, walking into a room full of people you don't know, it's uncomfortable at best, maybe, maybe downright scary. It, it might be a little concerning to you. The, the outside gathering, however, is even more scary than this one possibly, because if you don't really want to interact here, and personally this makes perfect sense to me, and it's okay with us if you do this. You can come in during the songs. You can leave during, during the songs. That's, that's all right with us. That makes perfect sense. That, that really makes it more comfortable. 
to people who are just checking things out. But it's risky to take the first step to build friendships with people anywhere because you might get rejected. So I've asked Matt Sprankle, our student ministry director, who helps with organizing our meetups and other things, uh, to join me up here. And he's going to give some tips on building friendships uh, and uh, some first steps you could take. Good morning, Matt. Thanks. Go for it. Uh, hi. Good morning. Um, yeah. Uh, so when it comes to you know friendship or anything like that, you really can't beat the Bible in terms of what to do. And, and um, uh, the verse that Randy's been talking about, um, Proverbs 11:25, has really been um, a promise in, in in the Word that I've you know from time to time really tested God on and see Him really refresh me when I refreshed others. And so uh, just thinking about um, some tips that'd be helpful. I thought there are some things here at Church in the Valley that you can be a part of that I'm going to share about in just a second. And then there's just some things that you can do personally um, that you can kind of focus on so that you can really trust God when it comes to friendships and see his refreshment in your life. And so um, uh, really the, the question is, what's my role and what's my goal? Um, for me personally, having something practical like that helps me uh, know what I need to do um, to really trust God in this particular situation of friendship. So uh, if, if God is telling us the truth that he's going to refresh us when we refresh others, and he has in my life and in many of your lives, and he can be trusted to do this, he will do this, then and what exactly should I be aiming at? What's my goal? And so um, what I, I think the, if you look at the scripture, really the thing that you can control has to do with your time. And so the goal needs to not be quality time, but quantity time. Quality time versus quantity time. My goal needs to be quantity time because that's something I can control. Now, what do I mean by quantity time? Quantity time means that I have a regular scheduled time with people, with groups, with friends, with my family, that I've actually decided to give my time to people. Now, I work with high school students a lot, and one of the complaints that I hear a lot from high school students is I ask my friends if they want to hang out on Friday, and they say, maybe. We'll see. Now, the reason why we do that is because we're hoping something better might come up and we don't want to miss out on this cool thing that's coming. So if we say yes, we've committed ourselves. And really what we're saying is there's a quality time that I want to have, and this thing you're asking me to do may not be it. And we all have this desire for those great experiences to post on Instagram. But the thing is, is you can't predict those things. Probably all of us have been on a vacation. Either we've taken our children or we've been children on a vacation with our family that was going to be awesome. And it wasn't. But then there's this drive just to the grocery store with your parents or with your kids or with your friends, and you have this really great time. You really connect. That's a quality time. You can't plan quality time, but you can choose to spend quantity time. And quantity time is the context in which quality time happens. And so if my goal is to really spend time with people and say yes to people and put them in my calendar and get coffee with them and and be at at the kind of events we do at Church in the Valley, I'm going to find that in that context, relationships are going to grow, friendships are going to grow. That's my goal, quality time, or I'm sorry, quantity time. The, the, the goal or the role would be, uh, what's my role? What, what, what exactly should I be trying to do in the, in the friendship? And the answer is be the waiter, not the customer. Be the waiter, not the customer. That may seem kind of weird, but just think about what you know about waiters. Waiters are thinking about the customer, thinking about other people. They're asking their name, they're remembering their information, they're asking questions, 
They're looking for how they can make people comfortable. They're serving them, right? They're taking the initiative. They're, they're not trying to get their cups filled. They're pouring their cup out. And that's what Proverbs 11:25 says, is you pour out your cup, you look back at your cup, and it's full again because God's taking care of you. So as I seek to pour out my cup, as I seek to love you and ask questions about you and try to serve you and get to know you, uh, as I make that my, my role, um, Proverbs says that God is going to refresh us. And the verse right before that, 11.24, has meant a lot to me. It says, the, the world of the generous gets greater and greater, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So as I make my goal quantity time instead of quality time, and I make my role being the waiter instead of the customer, what I'm going to find is God is going to cause my world to get greater and greater. Friendships are going to be deeper and deeper. So those are some things practically I can do, you can do, to really trust God in friendships and see friendships grow. Here are some specific places at Church in the Valley that you can begin to say yes to, that you can begin to to put quantity time in, so to speak. So some of them are meetups. Here are some pictures of meetups in the past. Meetups are simple. They're fun things we do at Church in the Valley together to have fun together. So some of the meetups we've had in the past are we had a paint night. Uh, Some girls got together and learned how to paint. Here's another picture. This is a hike that was done um, just in uh, Rancho Rancho Cucamonga. And there's families. We have meetups for guys, meetups for girls, meetups for families. They're fun. um, They're easy to do. And we're going to be offering more of these this spring. And so this is a great time for you to say, yeah, I'll go to that meetup. I will commit to being there because when I'm there, I'm going to meet people I don't know. And if I'm playing my role as the waiter and I'm asking questions and I get to know people and I'm, I'm looking how to make the time great for others, I'm going to walk away from that and say, that was a lot of fun. I had a great time. I got to meet new people. So meetups are a great way. Another way is we have uh, kids' ministries here. Uh, I'm, I'm over the, uh, the, the kids' ministries, uh, preschool to high school. And so this is our kids' own boys' class. You'll see some of our, our high school and junior high school uh, students helping out there. But if you have a child in kids' zone, we have a lot of events coming up this spring where you can connect with other parents. There are other parents in your age and stage that you can get to know, uh, become friends with, who are going through the same things you are. And uh, they can really be an encouragement to you, and you can, you can build deeper friendships there. And then there's our student ministry. So here's a picture of a recent event we did with our junior high school and high school. Some of you have students who are in the junior high school or the high school. My oldest son is going to be in the junior high school next year. And so it's a challenging time, a transition, and it's a great time to connect with other parents who have sons and daughters in that same age and stage. And uh, as we do events in the student ministry, if you, if you plug in, if you're there, if you participate, uh, if you host, this is an opportunity for you to get connected more with other parents who are in the same spot as you in life. And so these are some practical places you can say yes, you can uh, choose to, to spend quantity time and build close relationships at CIV. So I hope that helps. Those are some opportunities to build friendships, take the next step when you're ready. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to encourage you to do it. This is how you connect and find refreshment. Uh, another key to belonging and finding refreshment is to team up to serve. Peter, again, uh, he, he wrote one of the, uh, a couple of the books in the scripture in the New Testament. Uh, he was the leader of the church at Jerusalem, and he wrote this guidance to be circulated to several of the churches that were sprouting up in the first century. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers over a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it 
to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Looking back at verse 9 there, um, the word hospitality is, is a Greek word. is originally written in Greek. It literally means love of strangers. When you volunteer and, and serve here at Church in the Valley, you help host people who haven't yet decided to follow Christ and others, and you can help them make the shift from stranger to friend. This is what we're hoping to do. As this verse states, you, you should use your gifts. If you're a Christ follower, you should use your gifts that God has given you to extend his grace to the people around you. Uh, I've asked Thad Lanthrop, our administrative pastor who oversees the Sunday service teams, among other responsibilities, to come up and share how helpful it is to connect uh, by serving on a Sunday service team and give us a picture of what that looks like. Good morning. Um, as you begin to serve on a Sunday service team, what, what you'll find is that both the individual serving and Church in the Valley um, really benefits from the serving that, that goes on. The, the truth is, Church in the Valley, um, as you know it, as you experienced it this morning, it wouldn't happen without a large number of people who are committed to, to serving um, and, and making it happen. Um, just an example of this, now I'm going to do some numbers. I'm a numbers guy, so um, I'm going to share some numbers with you. And this isn't to make um, anybody feel guilty into serving or anything, but just to give you a picture of what all goes on to make a Sunday happen here at Church in the Valley. Um, on a typical Sunday, there are 17 volunteers that are needed in our kids zone. So just to, to be in the kids zone classes, to teach them, to check the kids in, uh, make sure they're having a, a safe time. There's 17 people each Sunday that are helping out um, in those, uh, those classes. There's six volunteers that are needed um, in the nursery to take care of the babies. That number fluctuates based on how many babies are in there on a Sunday, but there's, a, there's usually six people um, in there that are taking care of the, the babies, uh, making sure that they're safe and cared for. Uh, there's six volunteers on our operations team that come at 7.30 in the morning, setting up um, all the things that you see that, are, that needed to be set up. We usually don't think about that, um, but they come and set those up, the directional signs, the kids' own classrooms, um, all of those things. Um, there's also, uh, you saw on, in the band today, there's five volunteers um, in the band that spent time this week rehearsing, um, getting ready um, to, to lead us in worship this morning. There's also um, another uh, six uh, volunteers in the student ministry um, that, are t that are with the junior high and high school students, um, helping them out. There's another three volunteers in the back doing the sound and running the screen so that we can follow along um, with what's going on in the, the service. All of this, it, it adds up. It adds up to over 50 people serving each Sunday at Church in the Valley so that we can uh, be in, in here, worshiping God, growing in our relationship um, with him. This, this is a lot of people who are sacrificing sleep on a weekend to come um, and serve uh, the church. They're, they're doing First Peter 4.9 that we just looked at, showing hospitality to, to strangers. So, the, you know, the, the question is, why, why would they do that? 
Why would you would you sacrifice the, the sleep to, to come and do that? Well, there's a there's a couple ways. One is they're, they're being obedient to the Bible, like we just looked at. But um, they they're also they are getting to be a part of God working in people's lives. Everybody who serves here on on a Sunday, they are a part of what God is doing in our lives. It's not immediately apparent. Um, If somebody hears from God in a service, you know, they usually go to the speaker and and tell me, you know, thank you. God really spoke to you um, this through you to me this this morning. But really what we should be doing is, is thanking all the volunteers, too. Because everybody um, has made it possible for us to be in here this morning. And so we're all a part of what God is doing in people's lives here um, at Church in the Valley. So the people who set the chairs up that we could sit in, they're a part of of what God's doing in our lives. The the people um, who are taking care of the kids, could you imagine if all the kids were in here? Um, I'd be distracted with my four kids, and then I'm sure they'd be distracting most everybody else as well. Um, and so it, it, we, we just, it wouldn't be the same. Um, and so the, just in all the ways that people serve, they're all a part of what God's doing in people's lives here at, at Church in the Valley. Another reason um, that I think p- uh, people have found um, serving to be a, a good thing is that um, you really do experience refreshment like we looked at in Proverbs 11:25 you experience that as you pour out and and serve and sacrifice to to serve you experience the refreshment um that comes from doing that it, it really doesn't make sense because you, you we think you know to be refreshed for me especially I got to be by myself I got to pull in um to myself get a hold of my schedule, and, 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 and I'll be better. Um, but really, serving on a team, it gives you consistent quantity time, like Matt was talking about. It gives you consistent time with people, and as you do that, as you um, serve with, with people, you really go, you grow close to them. And as you have that consistent time, you find out about needs that they might have that you can help with, and, and that happens as you serve on a Sunday service team. God, God wants us to serve, like we looked at in First Peter, but he doesn't just ask us to serve and, and it's just some painful experience to get through. He really brings a blessing and benefit through serving. Um, it's a sacrifice, but you'll find that as you serve, you're, you're going to get refreshment back. So I want to encourage you if, you, if you are serving, just thank you. Thank you for um, the, the service that, that you do week in and week out to make it so that we can, we can uh, all enjoy Church in the Valley. Um, you really have impacted me, and I thank you for that. You've impacted everybody in this room. Um, and if you're not serving, I want to encourage you, you might want to check it out. See, see what this is all about. A um, little spoiler alert on the next steps. There's going to be a, a next step in your, on your connection card, and um, that's going to be to test drive a Sunday service team. You might want to try that out and, and see what it's about. Um, thanks. Thank you, Thad. Appreciate that. Um, Thad gave some like a little broader picture of how you help if you serve here, but also... Uh, there's there's more going on beyond just this congregation. Um, next week, I've been asked to go to uh, Orange Crest Church in 
Riverside. They're, they're celebrating their 10th anniversary. And uh, 10, 10 years ago, we launched a team out of here, and they started a church, and it's thriving, and I'm going to give a charge and pray. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, the folks who stayed and served here after they launched out really served a major purpose and that we, we were able to keep going here as we were putting resources into helping them out. Uh, five years ago, we added a campus in Alhambra. Same thing happened. We, but about two-thirds of our members went to Alhambra. I mean, sorry, one-third. Two-thirds. I'm, I'm, that makes my chest a little tight. <laughs> but one-third. Um, anyway, everybody who stayed, we were stretched. But we were stretched for a purpose. And we're in August of 2018, we're going to launch another church in North Fontana. And so here we are again. What, what you do here serves a broader purpose. And so I hope this has been helpful to you this morning to get a, a picture of the why and what of belonging here, some practical steps for belonging. Uh, it takes, it's a risk. Take it when you're ready. But I'd like to encourage you to take the next step, just the next step, toward plugging in to the community here. As the worship team comes back up on stage, uh, as Thad mentioned, I want to invite you to consider taking some steps. And maybe God's laid something on your heart that I haven't included here. But here, here are some suggestions. My next step is to look for one way to refresh someone else today. One thing, just one way. That's something you could do. Uh, sign up for a meetup this spring when they're available. That could be another step. Test drive a Sunday service team. Another step you could take. And then sign up for the Men's Summit that's coming up. If, if you're a guy and you want to plug into that, you can get to know some guys here from God, be out in a beautiful setting. That'd be great for you to hop in on that. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word that really does guide us and strengthen us. Give us the power, Lord, to take the next steps that would please you and honor you. And that would help us understand more of who you are, God, and the way you've made us to live. Help us in this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.